Lighthouse. Hey, for all of you that are watching, streaming live, you're missing out on the coffee and donuts today, thanks to Bill Nelson. So, just letting you know that. Let's kind of let the noise go away and let's just worship a little. You move, you move the mountains. 
It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Oh, Father, you are so good. Just thank you so much for this church family. I ask you to pour your spirit out on us. And open our hearts to what you want us to hear today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, all right. Well, hey, good morning. Happy Sunday. I, um, I imagine that there are a number of you who are probably watching at home this morning because either A, you forgot like we did that today was Sunday after Christmas and after the whirlwind that is Christmas Day, I can completely understand that. In fact, last night at around 9, Kathy's like, so what do you want to do tomorrow? And I go, do we have something going on? And that's when I realized, oh, I should probably send out an email to others who might have also forgotten that today is actually Sunday. Or you, have, you got new jammies for Christmas and you decided you wanted to try them out so you're sitting on your couch at home. And if that's the case, we love you. We're happy you're here with us, joining us online. But just so you know, those of us who are in-house, we got donuts and coffee today. So not too late. Not too late. At this point, I believe I can see that there's still some back there. So if you want to come, even if you're in your jammies, come on. All right? For those of us who are here, when you walked in, you were given a rock. This is not in case the pastor goes too long, okay? I was informed by my wife on Christmas Eve. She goes, hey, listen, good job, but the moment that you light candles, you don't get to keep talking because there are kids with open flame and the moms and dads who have to manage them, not, no bueno. So for you parents out there, I'm sorry I talked a little bit long, but it, just, it was so fun to get to be together. And that's not what this is for. I will explain this in a few minutes. I, I'm just kind of astounded, by the way, that this is the last Sunday of 2021. It, it, to me, it's still astounding that 2020 is over, let alone 2021. But it feels like a whirlwind. It, it probably feels, the whole year feels like what a, many of us feel at the end of Christmas Day. Like there's been a lot of anticipation. There's been a lot of things that have happened. But as you look back on it, it just seems like a blur. And you're, you're trying to piece together what actually happened. And so if I were to ask, hey, what was a high point of this year for you? Or what was a high point even of yesterday for you? It might be difficult to come up with something right off the top of your head. My guess is the easier thing would be to remember things that didn't go as you would have anticipated. Things that didn't go as you would have planned or hoped for. And this year has been full of those things. I mean, I know that this year we as a church family have walked with one another through cancer. We've walked through one another through COVID and all of the stuff that's gone with it. We've walked with one another through diagnoses that are really scary, through relational friction, even breaking up of, of families. We've walked with one another through anxiety and depression through uh, changes in jobs, in, in, in questions of whether jobs would still even be able to come back and all that kind of stuff. We've walked through a lot of stuff. On top of that, this year has been kind of painful because we've lost some people that are really dear to us. And I mean, a couple of weeks ago, Sherry was up here sharing how 2021 has been a painful year overall for her. 
Uh, she lost not just some family members in both of her grandparents, but she lost some really close family friends. They, they grieve. I know that Randy last year lost his father, this year lost his mom. We miss Joyce. Just about three weeks ago, we lost a giant of the faith in Progantes. And she's somebody that I know has left fingerprints on a ton of our lives. And she had a stroke on, on, on one, and, and within a week, she had gone home to be with Jesus. But Pearl was the kind of person who would constantly encourage and uplift. She was constantly sending my wife and I encouraging text messages and prayers for us and all that kind of stuff. And I know that Clarissa and Mike Jones got a chance to talk with her in between that week when she had the stroke and she went to be with Jesus. And although after the stroke, it was really difficult for her to speak, through her, her labored breathing and her attempts to speak, these were the words that she had for us as a church. She said to Clarissa and Mike, please tell my church family, I am not afraid. Those were her words, I'm not afraid. That is Pearl's blessing to us as she stared down her own mortality, something that we are constantly reminded to be terrified of. Constantly reminded, stop living your life because you need to be afraid. She was facing down her own mortality. And because of her faith in Jesus, her fears moved to the background. It's hard sometimes to figure out how our faith can be bigger than our fears because it feels like if more than anything, our fears have kind of taken, have superseded our faith. And I'm grateful for the gift that Pearl gave us and the, the hope that we all have, the hope I have, is that because of her faith in Jesus and because of my faith in Jesus, even that stroke doesn't get the last word. And I get to see my sister again. That's the hope we have. And so I just want to acknowledge that this has been a painful year. But at the same time, if we just slow down, just like you did, like if you, if you were to slow down for a moment and think back to yesterday, think back to Christmas Day, and actually take a little bit of time, my guess is you'll begin to start realizing that there were a lot of moments of joy, a lot of moments of beauty in the midst of the chaos. And the same thing can be said for 2021 as a whole. It might feel like a blur. It might feel like a tornado has just come through, and now we're left with the aftermath of it, trying to pick up the pieces. Some of you are relieved that 2021 is coming to a close. But my guess is that every single one of us, if we slowed down, would recognize moments of beauty along the way. And I've been thinking a lot about that these last couple of weeks, knowing that today was going to be a day that we would pause and look back and remember God's faithfulness in the midst of a, a pretty difficult year. There's a lot of things that I have realized now that I'm really grateful for. We, we added a couple of new staff members to our staff, one of them being Bill Nelson, who is now the pastor of outreach. So now Jeff and I have a third pastor that we get to lean on, and he's really helping kind of step into the role that Don and Jill pioneered for our church in helping create on-ramps for us to be able to do ministry. And I got to tell you, so the last couple of months, it has been so fun to see him just running with that and to see what we've gotten to do as a church. I mean, we, over the last two months, 
through Bill's help and through being able to partner with Fresh Beginnings Ministries, got to help thousands of families have meals over Thanksgiving and over Christmas, got to provide hundreds of gifts for young kids, got to wrap them here. And I'm so proud of my church family for the way you guys have stepped up. It's been huge. So I'm grateful for Bill. But I'm even more grateful for Sherry, who's his daughter. But, I mean, honestly, she got the best of both Bill and Kathy. And Sherry is our family's ministry director. She oversees our, our kids across the street. She's loving on them right now. She's giving them donuts. So I'm just warning you parents. You probably need a couple of donuts just so you can be ready to pick them up. But I got to tell you, Sherry has breathed new life into that ministry which in many ways had lain dormant for two years during COVID. And, and it's, it is fun to see the life that's happening. It's so fun to see the way that she is pouring into our kids and the way that they are growing and they're inviting their friends. For me, it's really fun to see the new life that's beginning to happen because as I look back on the last two years, it feels like what I thought was going to just be a little bit of a storm, you know, it turned into a very long winter. Much of the, the, the greenery on the tree that is Lighthouse and the church at, at, at large kind of fell during that time. We couldn't do the things that many of us love and, and, and have kind of always anticipated. Things like VBS, things like men's and women's retreats, things like gathering in one another's home throughout the week, things like having meals together. Those are things that had to be put on the back burner. Even something as silly as donuts and coffee on Sunday morning were something we had to let go of for a season in order to be safe. And and we did it out of love. We did it out of intentionality. But it's still hard. And we have to acknowledge the, the, the pain of that. But at the same time, for me, the thing that gives me hope is that as I look at the tapestry of our church, particularly in the last couple of months, I can see the first buds of greenery coming back in our church. The first life that I see starting to reemerge. Our life groups are going right now, and they're gearing up to really hit the ground running in January. Not only life groups going on, but we are now starting to do meals every Wednesday night before our groups, some of you participate in those. I got to tell you, they're really, really fun. Whereas we used to do like once every couple of months a meal across the street, we now do it every single week on Wednesday night. And I've got families with little kids sitting at the same table with Merv and, 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 and the, the old crew. And I love it because the interaction and the life. Yes, I know I just called you guys the old crew. I'm sorry, Jack. I'm sorry. But, but it, it brings me so much joy seeing the life that's happening on Wednesday nights. It brings me so much joy to see the new faces that God has been bringing to our church. And and there's a number of new families, a number of new faces that are beginning to call Lighthouse home. I mean, there were a ton of new faces that I got to see on Friday night. Um, And you may be at home. If you are new to Lighthouse, I just want to tell you, we are so thankful that you're calling Lighthouse home. We're so excited to get to start doing life together and to walk with your family and pour into your kids. So there's a lot that I have to be grateful for as as a pastor looking out over the small part of the the God's flock that I get to help care for. It brings me a lot of joy and a lot of hope because it feels like in many ways we're coming to the end of this long winter and spring is returning. And guess what? The church never died. 
I mean, God's kingdom has endured so much more than what we've been enduring over these last couple of years. It might have felt uncomfortable to us. It might have felt shocking to us, but this is nothing new to our God. And his church, it's not a building, it's a people. And we've endured, and I'm really looking forward to what he has in store for us in 2022. But what this reminds me of is that I'm a forgetful person. Because so much of what I'm grateful for in hindsight, I didn't remember when I first thought about this year. It just felt like a haze to me. And I would imagine that I'm probably standing with a whole bunch of other forgetful people who have forgotten much of the blessing that God has showered upon us. But it's the, the, I got good news for you, and that is that there's nothing new about this. We come from a long, illustrious line of forgetful people. In fact, the people of God, and humans in particular, um, are forgetful by nature. Over and over and over, God showers his blessings on us, and we, we love it, but then we forget about it. The moment the storm clouds begin to gather again, we forget about when his sun was shining upon us. The moment that our, our, our bellies grumble a little bit, we forget about the ways that he's provided for us. The moment we get a diagnosis from the doctor that even remotely is scary, we forget about the ways that he has walked with us and cared for us and the hope that we have that regardless of what happens, our, the breakdown of the human body and even death will never get the last word because of what Jesus did on the cross. And let me just remind you of how we are from a forgetful people. You remember the, the Israelites being enslaved in Egypt. And, and they were crying out to God, going, we don't like this. This is uncomfortable. We want out. And so God rescued his people. He threw somebody that he grabbed, a guy named Moses, and through a series of 10 plagues, he began to peel the fingers of Pharaoh's grip from off of his people so that ultimately he could bring his people out of slavery and lead them to a land that he had promised their ancestors to give them. And they celebrated it as they walked out of Egypt and in towards the promised land. And then they came to the shores of the Red Sea and they celebrated for a moment until they turned around and they saw the dust cloud in the distance and they realized that Pharaoh's army, the most powerful army in the world at that time, was bearing down upon them. And then they started to grumble. They forgot about the ways that God had already shown himself to be powerful and they began to grumble, Moses, why did you bring us out here to die? We could have just as easily died in the comfort of our own homes back in Egypt. And Moses was like, seriously? You just watched what God did. Are you already... For just be still and watch because our God will fight for us. And sure enough, he parts the Red Sea. They walk through on dry ground and then they stand on the shores of the sea and they watch as the Egyptian army begins to cross over and God decimates the most powerful military force that the world had ever seen at that point. Decimates it without them ever having to lift a hand. And as they watched chariots turned into driftwood, as they watched that army disappear under the waves of the Red Sea, they began to celebrate again because they watched and saw yet another reminder of God's faithfulness and his power and the fact that he's bigger than anything that they could face. And then, well, then they turned away from the shores and they began to walk into the wilderness and they began to forget. Their fears began to overshadow their faith because their stomachs started to grumble. 
They started to get thirsty. And they started to complain again. Seriously, Moses? Why did your God bring us out into the wilderness where we're going to die of thirst and hunger? I mean, at least in Egypt, we got to sit around pots of meat. I mean, they're literally grumbling and romanticizing slavery. And Moses is like, are you kidding me? God's like, hey, they're not grumbling against you. They're grumbling against me. And again, God provides water from a rock, manna in the morning, meat at night in the form of quail. And he provides for his people. Their clothes don't wear out. And for a time, they celebrate. And then they come to the, the border of the promised land. God has led them all the way through the wilderness. And before they go in, they send 12 spies. Two of them come back and say, the land is amazing, even better than we remembered, even more better than we were told. It's flowing with milk and honey. The fruit is amazing. Two spies say that. Ten spies say, yeah, but there's giants in the land, and they're way bigger than us. Again, we are forgetful people, and we come from a long, illustrious line of forgetful people. And that's why... Over and over and over in Scripture, God reminds his people to pick up stones and build altars of remembrance. Slow down and consider for a moment the ways you have seen me be faithful to you. Because I have been faithful to you over and over and over. And I understand that in this moment... As you look at the new challenge in front of you, you forget about all of the other challenges that I've already guided you through. In the midst of this momentary inconvenience, you can't remember the ways that I have cared for you, guided you, provided for you, protected you. You're just focused on the momentary bump in the road. And so I want to have you pause and remember. And one of the times he did this is when he led his people back to the, the, the border of the promised land. And that border was a river called the Jordan River. And when he got to the river, he said, hey, I'm going to do the same thing that I did before. I'm going to part the waters. I'm going to make the river stop flowing so you guys can pass through on dry ground. But as you're doing that, I want you to designate one person from each of the 12 tribes to pick up a stone from the middle of the Jordan River. I want you to take that stone and I want you to carry it to the other side into the land that I have promised your forefathers that I would give you. And then I want you to build an altar of remembrance or an Ebenezer to remember what I've done. And this is his explanation and this is coming straight out of Joshua chapter 4. Can we throw that on the screen? He said this. This was God's explanation. He said to the Israelites, in the future... When your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it. Uh, when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. And as I've reminded you over and over again, the fear of God is not a like terror of him as if he's going to slap you down if you mess up. The fear of the Lord is a reverential respect for who God is in light of who we are. 
Yes, he loves us. Yes, he's gone out of his way to show us just how much he loves us. But he's still God and we are not. So the fear of the Lord is what ultimately leads us to order our lives under his will rather than demanding that he order himself and creation to suit our whims. That's what the fear of the Lord is. That's why he had them pick up stones and build an altar of remembrance so that they and the generations that would come after him would remember the ways that God has been faithful. Because we are a forgetful people from a long line of forgetful people. And so that's what we're going to do today. You were given a rock when you came in. And if you're at home, I just want you to maybe grab something that's in front of you that might have some weight and some significance to you. And I want you to just, for a moment, consider what this rock represents. Mine's imperfect. I'm really glad I got one that's kind of beaten up because this wasn't a perfect year. No, no year ever is. And yet, I've seen God be faithful over and over and over. I've seen the ways that he has provided for my family. I've seen the ways he's provided for this church family. I've watched one of the things that I'm really, really grateful for that this rock represents for me is less what we, the church staff, have been able to do for you. It's, it's more the ways that you have ministered to one another. I'll tell you guys, the way you love on one another, Robert, the fact that you're here today because Byron went out of his way to get you, and you, that I'm so grateful that you're here today. So thankful for the ways that God has kind of guided you through this year. And I know it's been a hard one physically, but I'm so grateful, Byron, and others for making sure that he's here today. You guys have love on one another well. And so that's what my stone represents is the way that our family loves one another. And so I'm going to put that there as the first stone in the Ebenezer that we're going to build today. And I'm going to have Pastor Jeff come forward. He's got a microphone, and he's going to stand up here. Normally, I just have you stand where you're at, but I realize there's probably a number of people who are watching at home, and, and the cameras only have so much room that they can move. So I'm just going to ask that you come and join Jeff up here if you have a, briefly have a story that you would like to share, or a word, perhaps, that you would like to share of how you've seen God's faithfulness this year. And if so, come up and let us know. And then you could bring your stone with you, and we're going to build an altar of remembrance today. Also, to let you know, online, if you have a... Come on up, Bill. If you're online and you'd like to send in a praise request, Kat's going to be monitoring the online page, so you can send in your praise request, and we'll still get a chance to read those. This stone represents about... Uh, 9,400 families because this church whether you know it or not Jackie stand up please you thought you could get away without being recognized <laughs> but every box that got packed that girl right there along with all of you um, helped 9,000 families. I don't even know. Somebody needs to calculate 33 meals per family times 9,400. 
That's what we did this year through this church. Now we packed a lot more boxes than that through the year, but that's what this church, and it took me a while last night to figure this out, but this rock for this church represents to, I want to say thank you on behalf of all of them. And I got lots of stories and sometime pastor is going to give me some time to figure this out and how we're going to tell you all, but that's what this one represents. Amen. Colin, can you want to come up here? This stone represents love to us. <clears throat> we were at a church for 55 years, which we loved. They married our two daughters. They buried some very dear friends. But <clears throat> the Lord told us very clearly that our ministry was closed there. And he guided us here to a wonderful, wonderful church of love. Like I said, we left a church in love. We came to a church in love, and there are so many people that have loved us here in this church. I, with my bad memory, <laughs> I do not want to, I mean, there, the whole church is just the powerful of love. And I just want to speak to how, you know, how powerful love is and how we remember and we walk with love and we walk with love to each other. And I'll give it to my wife if she wants to say something. We have been so warmly welcomed into this church, and it has given us an opportunity to continue to minister to dear, sweet people. Thank you. Amen. We love having you guys. Thank you for blessing us with your <laughs> ministry. Wendy and Connie, it's a race. All right. Hey, coming up on the side, Connie. We're coming over. All right. We'll let Connie go first. Mine's very short. Our daughter finished her breast cancer treatment successfully. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. We've shed a lot of tears uh, on Wednesday morning for her. A lot of tears. God hears every one of them. Hi, Wendy. Hi. Well, Connie and Dee, and also there are several people and, and talking about the Red Sea, and I was scrolling again, uh, was scrolling on my Instagram yesterday, and there was a picture of Elliot. And it showed the water and the boats. And I thought, ah, I was there. We were there. And we get, got into the water in the Red Sea, but we didn't realize, off the boat, we didn't realize, like, there was a current. <laughs> and I'm, like, going on the other side of the, the boat and, and thinking, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And somebody, think, thank you, Lord, pulled me in. But um, it's it, thank you for using that example um, of, of the Red Sea, but this reminds me, I thought, I really don't have anything to share. And then I was doing my devotions this morning and this verse on uh, Hebrews 13, three, remember them that are in bonds as bound with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourself also in the body. So I've been putting, I've been using this card for, you know, every week I pray for my family. But uh, this morning, and Eric met uh, my son the other night, my, one of my sons, I have two sons and three daughters, and uh, prayed for him because he was addicted to heroin. And many times I'd be sitting there in my living room or my dining room doing my devotions, and he was upstairs doing the heroin. And... Uh, He'd come down, and, and he was just mean. And, and God worked to open the door for him to go into detox and get recovery. And he's a different person 
today. And I didn't have to drag him here to church. And he fixed some things without me even asking. And so this stone reminds me of those who have, have been in bondage, and we all have them, to alcoholism or drugs or whatever, but not just because the year changes to keep praying for them. And that we maybe the bondage is something we can't see, but they are in bondage because they're not really fully walking with the Lord. And so just to continue in prayer, and I have a daughter who's, who's sober six years, and my brother-in-law in Tucson has gone into detox and has been in recovery too. So for those who are in bondage, that we have to remember them uh, as, as if we are bond too, so that they can know the freedom in Christ that, that we have, and that, that they won't, those chains will be broken, and we can break them through prayer. Amen. Maybe we should take a quick moment and pray for those. Father God, we come before you on behalf of all those family members, friends, and loved ones that are currently in bondage. Whatever form of bondage that is, Father, as Wendy said, there's many different known and unknown forms of bondages that keep us from the love of God. On behalf of my family and every other family in here that has someone that meets that criteria, Father, we pray for them this morning. We pray that the true amazing gift at Christmas, the freedom that comes from being relieved of the sin nature inside of us all, Father, would be freed. That individual would see the true love of God that they have been given in Jesus Christ. And not only receive that gift for the day, Father, but receive that gift for eternity. A freedom that allows every day to be an opportunity to choose that day who you will serve. Father, we pray on behalf of all those wrapped in their sins and chains this morning. Father, free the captives. Help us to remember them. Thank you for the opportunity to celebrate for those who have been set free. We do it all and say it all in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Amen yeah, I'm sure we have a, all have a family member or someone in bondage. I know I do. Mike, if you happen to be watching in Texas, we're never going to forget about who you are, where you've been. Come on up, buddy. Betty. No problem. I'm here for you. Here's, uh, this is to remember the um, two Tonys. Sorry. Two Tonys that helped out the soup kitchen mm -hmm. um, for helping with appliances that they bought for them this year. Amen. For the Tonys, the Tigers of appliances. Amen. Thank you, Tonys. Come on up, Miss March. Preschool stories, we need them. <laughs> this is actually personal. Um, God's faithfulness. It's been a really hard 2021. Um, our daughter's had three different um, situations in her life since May. She cracked her ankle, drove her all summer to, uh, to get that fixed. And then in October, she was in the hospital three days. And then she hurt her knee, and we had to get that drained a couple times. But God's so faithful. He is so faithful, and with the staff that I've had this year, God has provided so, so beautifully. It's just been a, a wonderful fall. I have a lot of kids from Vanguard. Hopefully, we're going to get some to come here and help with the youth and all, but this is God's faithfulness, and through this all, he has strengthened me because it's, it's been a really um, challenging year, and then we ended up getting a respite worker for Gloria. We lost our, our first one. She's still not back at Goodwill, um, and that's not looking real good yet for 2022, but we have Bella Stack. I mean, come on, God. Bella Stack is our respite worker for 30 hours and comes into our home and just plays with our daughter, loves on our daughter. So God's faithful. 
God's faithful. And it was at the 12th hour that we needed a respite worker. I was starting back up to school, and, and Bella's there every day and has become a friend to Gloria. So God's faithful. And Green Bay won, so you have lots to be grateful for. Michelle? Kat, let me know if anyone comes, sends in. Um, okay. So I just want to say I am so thankful and blessed for church family, for pastors, for Pastor Eric and um, Pastor Jeff and um, Pastor Bill and, and so many of my church family, um, small group. Um, I just, if you're not plugged into a small group, I would just encourage you because it's such a blessing. Um, not only are you encouraged and studying the Bible together, but you're going through all those life's ups and downs. And I've had so many major life's ups and downs throughout 2021. And I don't know where I would be without my church family. And so I'm really, really thankful, um, for, you know, so, so many blessings here. And, I um, look forward to 2022 by God's grace because of his love and his love through his people. So thank you. We'll be here. We'll be here for you. Any others? Eric gave me the, oh, look at him. Here he comes. And Brad's coming on the outside. Dan's coming on the inside. Oh, Brad's taking a seat. Wow, come on. And Barbara's racing down. We got a three race. We got a three horse race right now. This is good stuff. Hi, Ann. Hi. I'm going to piggyback on what Michelle was saying about being a part of a, some kind of accountability group. But um, this past year, when the church kind of was locked down and there wasn't, you know, many people out here, you had your worship team that would gather every Sunday, and um, under wonderful, God bless leadership, we came together as. Um, a new family, and we loved on each other, and we prayed for each other. We studied um, a couple wonderful Bibles on what it was to worship, what worship was all about, and so behind the scenes, your, I don't know what we're going to call us, worship team, what it, our, your worship team really became worshipers and lifted you all up in prayer as we um, supported each other, so um, there's, there's so many little teams in this, in our little church. There's so many little teams, the, you know, the pastor teams and the, um, the welcome team and, you know, all the, all the different team. And so just get plugged into a team and, uh, it's just, is it's so wonderful to be accountable to one to another. And I, I just love my worship team family. It was a special year. We love the worship team. Thank you. Come on, Barbara. Slide on over. If you guys don't know Barbara, Barbara's uh, driving a gold golf cart with a lot of lights on it. Um, she traditionally does about 35 to 45 knots, which is not speed, coming down uh, Magnolia to church, and we're really excited to have her. And thank you, the Joneses, Mike and Clarissa, for inviting Barbara. She's been really blessed. It's been fun having you here. Yes, yes. If it weren't for my faith... And my friends and my family. I wouldn't be here. In September of 2020, I was diagnosed stage four cancer. And I have three children. 
I have a daughter that lives here in Costa Mesa, two sons in Nebraska. And they said, Mom, you can't live in your home, in your home anymore by yourself. You've got to come and live with one of us. Well, it was a no-brainer. You get the daughter. <laughs> oh, and also, the, the other uh, thing is that I had heard so much about the City of Hope. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, the doctors there are amazing. They, you, they care about you. When I go in for my appointments, I mean, it's not just, uh, you know, okay, take your blood pressure, do this, do that. No, he, he talks about in detail what's going on inside my body. And I can honestly say I'm not in pain. I don't understand why I'm not in pain other than the fact that the man upstairs is taking care of me. So every day is a gift. Amen. I mean, I'm going to pray for Barbara really quick. She had her whole family here on Friday night, and that was the proud peacock moment there, you know, with the mama, mama bird coming in with all the little baby chicklins behind her. And uh, it's good to be happy, but it's even better to be in the house of the Lord and know that you're loved and cared for. Father God, we come before you with our dear sister, Barbara, and on behalf of every single person out there facing cancer, whatever stage or mitigation that they're in, Father, we pray that you, the great physician, would make consideration that your children love you and that they have faith in you, that they come to this place on Sunday, not for one hour of refreshment, Father, but just a reminder of who you are and what you're doing. On behalf of every appointment that she's been to and every appointment she will continue to go to, Father, may this situation that you've allowed Barbara to be in, Father, glorify and magnify your son's name. May your healing power be bestowed upon her for simply because it brings joy to you, Father, because you can. And when the doctors say, we don't understand, we don't know what's going on, may Barbara just smile and realize that when you're ready for her, she's ready for you. But, Father, every day she chooses to serve you, every day she chooses to trust you, is an opportunity for the world to see the joy that you have placed in her. Thank you for Mike and Clarissa Jones and the opportunity that they considered when they met Barbara and asked her to come to their church, to come be part of their church family. And now what we as Barbara's extended church family get to be to her, to be that consideration, that harbor, Father, in the time of the storm of life. May everything that she continues to do and say continue to be honoring and bring glory to your son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you, dear sister. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. And I can't tell you how thrilled I was Christmas Eve to be here in this warmth and, and, and the, the joy. And, and it was wonderful. It was like I told Pastor Eric, I said, I felt like you were in my living room. Amen. God bless, sister. And there's some updates from the hotline there. Here comes Kat with up. Okay. Okay, she wants me to read great with my spectacular eyes. Yeah, I got okay, no okay, eyes. Okay. Hi, guys. Merry Christmas. I love you all so much. Um, so we have a few um, that you sent in. Keep on sending them in. Um, Tamara Moran says, God is good. Thankful for his peace during the storms. Amen. Amen. Carla Woodruff. Did I say that right? Wood, Woodruff. God has strengthened our faith. Throughout the challenges we had this year, we are learning to trust him in all circumstances. Amen. I also wanted to say, um, I'm just, um, I'm so grateful that 
for, for me just personally, um, I know many of you also um, know what this feels like, right, as a, a Christ follower, but that God is with us in everything. And um, just because we go through hard things <clears throat> doesn't mean that he um, has left us. Um, I love how he uses all things for good. Um, and uh, in this past couple of years, I went through a pretty low point. And, um, and I will say in this past year, um, I've really felt God restore my joy. And I've, I've experienced God joy, God's joy in different parts of my life. Um, but I love how, um, you know, you were talking about the Israelites and the stones and remembering, um, I just forgot, right? I got, I got a little disconnected, um, from, from the Lord and not really leaning on him. So I started just trying to figure things out on my own, right? We here, um, have, we have so many resources, right? Um, we don't have to rely on him as much sometimes. And so, um, I think it's when we're in those darkest hours, where we really do feel the Lord near because we depend on him. So I just felt the Lord really um, draw me back to him and um, help me remember what um, actually is, um, what brings us contentment and peace and joy. So I'm just so grateful. And I wanted to read, um, uh, this is kind of a, a, a mix between Isaiah and Nehemiah. Um, Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Amen. Thank you, Kat. If you have any more, you can keep sending them in, and we'll read them. Here comes Brad. Not just a drummer, more than a drummer. He's Brad. Hi, Brad. That's what I am. <laughs> and I, I appreciate the Isaiah Maya mashup. Um, two of my favorite scriptures, um, kind of life verses. One would be um, from Philippians 1.6, where it says that uh, being confident of this thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And then also in uh, Psalms 50. 15 where it says uh, it's God speaking he says call on me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will glorify me and I find that just about every day is the day of trouble (laughs) and I'm like hi Hi. I'm here again (laughs) so it's my fault again and he still delivers me and and but but uh, this stone of remembrance is for my kids because I'm confident that if he could keep me and I'm still here today and in my right mind, more or less, that he will keep my kids. So thank you. Amen. Amen. Oh, Mr. Rapoli is on his way, moving nice and slow. Nice saunter. Hi, Rich. How are you? This little stone represents hope. Um, I think all of us, our country, our communities, have all faced a lot of adversity this past year or two. But I think as as Christ followers, we need to keep looking up and remember that the Lord is in control. 
and everything will be okay. It's not the first time, right? <laughs> Amen. It's not the first time. Brother Jack, steamrolling down. I'm going to slide over here. How are you doing, Brother Jack? Doing good. I'm a man of few words. This stone represents my, my gratitude to Jesus for what he's done to my family. Been in our lives. It's changed, changed my wife and my, li my life so much. I just have so much to be grateful for. Just my kids, my family, my friends, my church, my pastors. So that's what this represents for me. Yeah, we love having Florinda here. It's been a real blessing to see them. Hi, Robert. How are you? All right, our buddy Cheryl's coming up. We're doing good. I have one story. I'm holding it to the very end. Hi, sister. How are you? Okay. This stone represents for me how well-loved Lighthouse loved all of us in spite of restrictions that were imposed around us. The challenges that our pastors and our church stepped up and met incredibly well also showed me that I could go love other people in different ways. I've got a grandniece that I'm closer to now than I was at the beginning of the year because I'm following the examples that all of you have shown, that our church has shown, that we can love one another in Bite of what the world throws at us. Amen, sister. God bless you. Yeah. It doesn't matter until you've been through a lot, right? Nothing, nothing risked, nothing rewarded, but with great risk comes great reward. Shelly, how are you? Sheila. Hi. Oh, gosh, I am so grateful for this family. Amen. We are. My husband, David, and I were at another church where we were for over 20 years. But towards the end of that time, I personally was not being fed anymore. And I came here to hear a very dear friend speak. It was John Beacon. And then, of course, we followed Bill and Kathy here. We're in their, blessed to be in their life group. I couldn't go a moment without knowing that Jesus, this rock, represents my salvation Amen. and the life that Christ has given me. And I just, I love so many of you here. I got to experience Betty. I got to meet Betty and Michelle at a women's breakfast. Hi. Robert. Yes, <laughs> Robert. Of course, Robert. And I love you, Robert. Anyway, I just feel so blessed and so grateful to be here. I love the pastors. I love that you're all huggers and that you love us so unconditionally, just as God teaches us to love everyone. Amen. Thank you, sister. Oh. Yes, we're, we're huggers, whether right, wrong, or indifferent. We're, this is a, a hugging church. Hi, Jean. No, we're, yeah, we're not anything correct. We gave that up a long time ago. Um, this represents my appreciation of all the times that God has kept me from 
being injured or harmed or some little small thing like when my, t when my phone doesn't fall in the toilet, but instead on the floor. I thank him for all of the things that pop up on a day-to-day -day basis when you realize something worse could have happened and it didn't and how blessed I am to be, to be loved by this group. So it's an appreciation. Keep it simple, right? Every day is a blessing. Thank you, Jane. All right, Robert, you hold on to that, and I'll hold on to this. I'm so thankful to be a big part of this church and having a pastor like this man here and Eric and come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And uh, I put my faith and trust in him in all things and not just some things because he's like a security blanket and he puts it around our body and protects us. And uh, I'm so happy that Byron brought me here today and I sure miss everybody. And I love everybody here. God bless everybody. Thank you, Robert. Awesome job. Yes, thank you, Byron. Here comes Cindy. Cindy Lou Who. Hi, you. Friend, how are you doing? Good. This represents to me um, that family is not always designated by DNA. <laughs> that friends are what really make up our lives in sometimes bigger ways than family. And I am so thankful for the friends that I have created through this church and through my other um, group of friends, which happen to be cowgirls. <laughs> but anyway, just family is not always DNA, but can always be friends. Amen, well said, thank you. That's good stuff. Well, if no one else comes up here, he told me to save one final story, and then we'll do communion. Um, I just wanted to share that the best thing about being behind the scenes at the church is a lot of times church happens before church every Sunday at the front door. A lot of people will walk up to me with just a simple blessing of what God has actually done Monday through Saturday. And so often when I sit in the back and listen to Eric's messages, I'm already feeling the blessing of knowing God's been doing something in the church. And I always find that my responsibility is to wait till staff meetings are the right time to share those behind the scenes stories with the staff to remind them. Like a, an adrenaline surge is like, you know what, let's think about this. Think about this. God actually did this this week. God's done this this week. Here's another faithful story from behind the scenes. I can't help but think about Linda Parker. You guys all know the Parkers. Dear family lives just outside of our driveway exit, a couple houses to the left. Um, when I got here four years ago, a little over four years ago, her husband had fallen ill and she and Terry were part of the church on a regular basis and she has been home absolutely taking care of that man every single day. That's what it requires. Her care is to take care of her husband every single day. So I get a chance to roll over there and um, as she has problems, as she has good days, her daughter's Coral, she takes care of Coral. You guys know Coral. We've been able as a church to bless them for many, many years of behind the scenes support. And I just wanted to let you know that I met with her this week. She wanted to come and she wanted to tell everyone thank you. Same sentiment that you're feeling. That without the church, even though she's not here maybe twice the whole year, she realizes without the church, it would just be a very dire situation. It'd be a really difficult situation for her because she knows there's people praying for her. She knows there's people caring for her. And her refrigerator went out about 
September. And so they started bringing like manual ice in and going like old 50s school with a refrigerator. And then of course we found out about it and talking with Pastor Eric and working with the benevolence, we were able to buy her, the church was able to buy her a brand new refrigerator, which was exciting, except for there was none in stock due to the boats being out in the harbor with all the refrigerators out there. So for two months that she waited, gosh, she just showed such patience for someone who's having to run back and forth and buy ice and do all these different things because she knew that we had paid for it. She knew that it had been purchased and it was just a matter of faithfulness to wait for that puppy to arrive. Went over there yesterday. They brought it, of course, with no ice maker because uh, that's out on a boat somewhere. And uh, so now she's waiting for her ice maker. But she wanted me to tell all of you that she knows you're praying for her. And she's super grateful for that. And thank you, too, for more appliances and just something you take for granted. But where she's at financially and where she's at with her husband's health, um, a $1,000 refrigerator was a game changer for her. It was not something she could have done. And she would have continued to just go buy ice and try to get through. Along with that, another lady who lives just outside the street here, two streets down, uh, Janie Veveridge. Tom was here back in the back with the uh, older gents. They had a situation and Tom had to leave. So Janie's been by herself. She was relatively close to Pastor Eric. Um, she wanted to sell her car and no one was wanting to buy it and I needed a car for my daughter so I went over there and bought the car. And that started a friendship and I go and talk to her on a regular basis. We've become pretty good friends. And she has a small Pomeranian that is her soulmate. And since she lives by herself, the Pomeranian is basically is everything to her. And unfortunately, last month, that palm ran out of time. And she was going through an absolutely monumental moment. You know, husband situation is no longer at home. The dog that she's used to having on her lap all day is no longer there. And... I'm dealing with a lot of different things at church. I'm way too emotional. You guys already know that as it is. I don't have any place to hide my emotions. They fly out. So she's called me crying about her lost dog. Pastor Eric brings his dog into the office, and I realize how much people love their dogs. And so here's Sadie and the joy that she's bringing Pastor Eric, and I'm realizing I've got to stop what I'm doing and go find this woman a dog. I mean, that may not be in the pastoral book of handbook of what we actually do, along with sweeping, cleaning the toilets, and picking up waste along the building, but I just realized something, how difficult it is to get a dog for someone. I spent weeks calling shelters, calling places, and because she can't come in and do the interview, and there's a whole process now to get a dog, everyone kept telling her no. And I'm like, how are you telling this woman who, whose only thing in life is a small Pomeranian that sits on her lap, how are you telling her no? Do you, give the woman a dog, for God's sake. There's dogs running around in the street. Somebody, no. The answer was no for about three weeks. And calls, drove, everything. And I was just desperate, to be honest with you. I'm not much of a multimedia guy posting anything. I only post pictures of fish, for those of you who know. And my wife often yells and says, you could post a picture of your family every once in a while. I'm like, nope, just fish. So I posted something on Facebook and I said, help. I have a woman who desperately needs a dog and I can't find her one. I cannot get one. If any of you know anybody anywhere I will drive, I will do whatever I have to do, but please, it has to be small. She's an elderly lady. She drives around with the dog in her little basket. She has a little motorized scooter. Anyone, anywhere. And thank you, Greg Wangler, wherever you are out there in TV land. Greg Wangler, who um, used to be at the church, and now he's somewhere else. He's doing something God's calling somewhere else. It's great. Says, hey, my friend in Arrowhead just had a fire, and she rescues animals. She's living in a hotel right now with like seven birds, three cats, and four dogs. 
and she's been calling everyone she knows in San Bernardino and Riverside saying, help, I have all these pets. Anyone need pets? Help me out. I'm like, just tell me where she's at, bro. Tell me where she's at. And so I tried to call her, and I was way too hyper. And she finally called back. I said, just tell me you have one dog under 20 pounds. This woman's old. She's just got, it's got to be a small dog. She's like, I have like a Pomeranian Chihuahua mix. I'm like, send me the picture, please. She sends me the picture. It's maybe the brother to her. She had a red palm. And this is a red Chihuahua palm. And I said, lady, I don't know who you are, but I need that dog so bad. I have some, I have a lady who's desperate. I mean, desperate for it. She's elderly. And this is her sole purpose in life as a dog. And she's like, okay, let me take, it's one of my dogs, but I, I can't take care of him. And I'm not sure when I'm going to be back at home. If you can meet me at the dog cleaners in Riverside tomorrow, I'll give you the dog. So everything on my schedule, to clean my schedule, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I have, and I, I called her and I said, I think I found a dog. She's quite old, okay? Merv and her are in the same zone, and she's like, I'm going with you. I'm like, I can't put a scooter in my car. I'm a, I drive proficiently. Me and Pastor Eric are not of the state of California drivers. We are proficient drivers, and... I need to get to that dog fast. And she's like, I am going with you. I pick her up in her wheelchair. The whole process is quite entertaining. Um, we're a little bit late getting on the 91 freeway. And I got to tell you guys, I drove like there was no tomorrow. And the whole way there, she's not saying a word. I'm sure she's in shock. I'm wondering if she's going to even make it to get to where the dog's at. But I just keep thinking one thing. Could it really be true? Like something as stupid as a free dog. For this lady, could this really, you know, is it really going to be a dog when I get to this? And it's way the heck back there, all the way back in Riverside. And the freeway's terrible and everything's bad. And she's, she kind of looks like, are we going to make it? Yes, we're going to make it. I go inside of this kennel, and there's dogs everywhere. And none of them are small, and none of them are red, and none of them are anything. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, she's delusional. She's been in a room too long. It's a, and all of a sudden, this lady walks out with this beautiful little palm who's so happy. And, like, when does some random dog that they hand you actually like you? And he's licking me, and he's, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's real. And she's like, and the lady, I'm not, she told me not to say her name. She wants to remain totally benevolent, and that's fine, altruistic and behind the scene. But when I got that dog in the car, the lady, Janie, that I handed to just started crying and weeping. And the dog is kissing her, and she's kissing him. And I'm like, what strange dog allows a person to... Most dogs are like a little, uh, the dog was like ready to be loved. Maybe it just knew that that's how their relationship used to be with the mom, but maybe in the hotel room it wasn't that. And I got to admit, driving home, I drove even faster home. I just wanted to get her back into her world and set her back into her little room and just let God be blessed. And she came to church. She has never been to church. She came to church about two weeks ago. If you guys saw a lady in a little triple scooter and that thing with the dog in the basket, that was our friend Janie and her dog, which she's renamed Rex. And she couldn't be any happier. And life couldn't be any better. And it couldn't be any more simple than family doing what family does, right? Seeing a need and getting a chance to meet it. And guys, that, that's the kind of stuff that makes me love being an associate pastor, and loathe being a senior pastor is because when you have to do run the church, when you have to, Eric spends such an exorbitant amount of time making messages. The Sunday message is such a powerful thing for you guys, but it really takes a lot of the senior pastor's time to run a church. And I'm so grateful that God has allowed me that privilege because being behind the scene and seeing you guys and hearing those stories reminds me it's a team. It's a team effort to do ministry. It's a team effort to, to make Sundays happen. And whether there's 50 people here or 500 people, we're faithful to whoever show, shows up. 
And we love unconditionally because we believe God's doing something for somebody. And we see that every week. And that's why just last month when the missionary showed up kind of unannounced and the at the end of the message, Bill was up there that day with the uh, missionaries and they said, hey, we need some money. We're trying to get back to Indonesia. We haven't been there. What's the, the last name of the, the Marshalls? They, they wanted some money, but they didn't really make a plea out to the church. A couple of people from the church ran up and helped them out. We worked on Monday diligently trying to figure out how we could send out a newsletter, who we were going to call, what we could do, because we felt really compelled to try to help them out. Just before they left, they gave us an amount and said, this is probably what the tickets are going to cost. That information didn't get out to the church, and nobody knew it except for the three of us that were working on it, me, Bill, and Eric. And during that time when we're kind of trying to figure out what to do, a car pulls up in front of the church. That individual shall remain nameless as well, walks up to the front desk, and something about the story goes something like this. A windfall has happened to our family. Something of coming to some money somehow, some way, something. And we decided that we wanted to help the missionaries that were there on Sunday, and we would like to donate amount X to them. Okay, fine. How much is it? The amount? The exact amount they had just asked for on Sunday to pay for their tickets. They left this building with exactly what they asked for, knowing that he told me, Craig told me, we're going to buy the tickets anyways. And if you guys get some money and send it to us, great. But we have to trust God because we want to get back on the road and serve God. That commitment was already made without an answer ever being given. And it's that kind of faithfulness, I think, church, that we get the benefit of being part of every Sunday in an old neighborhood church that's in a community and realize that God is doing stuff. Whether you know it or not, he's doing stuff each and every week. Be faithful. Show up. Trust God. And the best is yet to come. Why? Because we're still here. And when he's ready for us, he'll take us home. But in the meantime, while we're here, Barbara, we still got work to do. We still got family members that we need to bring to church. So keep showing up, keep being faithful, and never stop forgetting that God is faithful. Even when you don't see it, even when you haven't heard about it, even when you didn't know, God is faithful. And if you ever need a story of encouragement, if you ever need a story about what's actually happened, you just come find me. I'm out there every Sunday for that simple reason to let you know. Now, we're going to do communion at this time. Connie and Dee, can I have you guys come up and do this table? I'm going to have Kat and Eric come up to this table and have the band come up. If you guys want to just do this, since, um, we're going to have you do communion and uh, we have, have you place your stones. Those of you who have stones left, you could place your stones, maybe just come down the center aisles. Place your stone and then whatever side of the communion tray is available to you. Like if you're placing your stone on the left side, just go left. And if you're coming down the side, and place your stone here and you guys can go right. And we want to just take this last moment of the year to have communion with you and remind you guys Next year is really exciting. Some of the stuff that's on the books for next year is going to be some of the most, I think, beneficial and encouraging teaching you're going to hear. Please keep showing up. Please keep trusting God. And please remember what the simple scripture says. Choose this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you have that that mentality, if you have that mindset, I promise you blessings are just around the corner. Let me pray for communion. And if you want to start coming up, that's fine. Place your stones and we'll have that. Father God, we just thank you once again for what has been another successful year. We say successful because every day that's alive, that we are alive is a gift from you. Every moment that we have the opportunity to proclaim the name of Jesus is success for you. Father, we pray that through this church, Lighthouse Community Church, and all 50-plus iterations of churches in Costa Mesa, that the name of Jesus continues to go out, that the lost continue to come to Christ, that those in bondages continue to be freed, and, Father, that the kingdom of God would continue to be increased because we have been greatly blessed. And for all that we've forgotten, forgive us. And for what we need to be reminded of today, may we do so. 
as we prepare our hearts and our minds to take communion right now, Father, we say thank you once again for blessing us, and we look forward to the new year and another opportunity to once again proclaim all names above names, your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know where Jeff went. I think hopefully, hopefully the rapture didn't already happen. I think we're in good company. I don't think it has. Oh, guys, I, I absolutely positively love getting to do life with you. I'm really grateful. Uh, I'm grateful that because of Jesus' love for us, we get to be family. That's what this is. It's a reminder of our union with God. It's a reminder of our union with one another that because of Jesus, our big brother, we get to be family. And so let's take this bread as a remembrance of his body that he gave for us. And we take this cup as a symbol of the blood that he poured out so that we could be restored back to life, restored back to relationship. Let's drink together.
Jesus, we are grateful for your faithfulness to us. We're grateful for these stones and so many others, so many other stories of your faithfulness and the ways that like, like plane tickets to Indonesia or a Pomeranian or a, a refrigerator that you provide along the way. I'm so grateful for the phone calls or the along the way interactions that have happened this year between your kids because you set those up. I'm so grateful that we get to be family because Jesus of your love for us. And Father, we are so thankful you don't give up on us. So let's worship our Father together as family. You know, I, gotta, I just have to say that I don't know about any of you, but that is what church should be. Just phenomenal. So we're just going to, I just want to do the chorus of this song. We're going to do one more to get our blood flowing, but um, this is King of My Heart. So we're just going to sing the chorus. You are good, good. We will sing, we will laugh. 
Sunday, everybody.